podcast, Picks and Perspectives, with Chris Johnson. Pretty good considering. Um, yeah, it's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. Yeah, how are you? Sorry, I'm just okay. Figured it out. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Like all things considered, it's a bit, it's a bit of a stressful world out there. But I mean, I'm, I'm personally doing good. You know, emotionally, it's a bit rough, but. I'm good, I guess. Yeah, you seem you yeah. are you're working on an EP right now. Yeah, so like a GoFundMe thing, right? Yeah, yeah. How's that going? It's good. It's good to have something to distract myself, which is really nice. Um, it's like it's very slow going. I had these like lofty ideas of finishing it in a month, and then I. I don't know, man, it's especially when you have all of this time, but it's because of like, you know, a pandemic and then there's all the other shit going on. You find that like, you need a lot of downtime just to be sane. So I've been mm. hopping from like a song and then like <laughs> self care and then a song and then self care. Mm. But it's good. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of, it's been a auspicious, strange uh pull because like when the pandemic first hit it was like okay i need to push into like having all this time to like be creative and do the things yeah. and try to like turn this into a plus and yeah but then even even back then way back then <laughs> when, when things were so much better at the early part of the pandemic yeah I, <laughs> um you know there was this weird feeling of like kind of guilt around like okay and is, is it okay for me to be using this downtime yeah. to my advantage yeah uh which was an interesting conversation to have with myself and and other creatives uh mm -hmm. and and it was like once you were able to say yes to it then it was like okay how do i navigate it how do i navigate this what you're explaining like okay i realize i need all this downtime because yeah I'm also processing the world at large. Yeah. So, uh, and then now we're in this yet, like, I don't know, unforeseen territory, which is also simultaneously a strange blessing that yeah. we're, that we're, I mean, I, I say that very lightly because I'm not mm -hmm. interested in seeing anyone hurt or, um, mm -hmm or disparaged in any way but uh i'm thankful that we're finally at a place of it feels like we're actually having the conversation now exactly people aren't able to distract themselves away from it which is which is quite beautiful actually because this happened i remember like this happened five years ago with like another i mean if, i don't want to get into it but like just to Go for it. Um, another like police brutality murder and it seemed to get a bit of traction and then it just sort of faded away. But right now it's kind of impossible for anything to fade away because we have like we have so much time and like all we can do is watch the world, you know? Mm. And and it keeps happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it's weird to, to watch it from where I am because I'm in Vancouver, I'm in Canada. It's like, it's not really, I mean, we have our problems for sure, but it's not as extreme as it is in America. Um, in my experience on the, on the West Coast, I think it's a vastly different thing on the East Coast, but we have like Black Lives Matter is um, here is also sort of like indigenous rights matter because they're like, they're fucked here, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really good that things are changing and the whole world watching America go through all of that is like reforming our laws is, you know, it's just, it's a domino effect. So that's, that's pretty magical, but it's fucking stressful which it should be, you know, anything mm-hmm. life that's worth its weight in salt is generally has like a period of intense stress and learning and discomfort, but it's a lot. So it's really nice to have music to like focus on and go back to when I need just like an emotional cuddle. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I've been way, I've been, you know, leaning on music pretty heavy actually uh both both ingesting and listening um not you know maybe not so much as a distraction as as much as it is a like you said a comfort it's like okay um and and it's kind of from it's it's strangely for me been reminding me of like earlier times when I was much younger and didn't have the intellectual tools or capacity to kind of process what it is that I was going through. And I just ended up turning on music and turning it up loud and fucking, you know, trying to like get through being upset at my parents or not, not being understood in high school or, or whatever my earlier things were. And so it feels, it feels akin to that. Yet my toolbox is so much more full of, intellectual ability and my spirit feels more mature so mm-hmm. i actually have ways of expressing myself that you know through through my vocabulary and through dialogue with other intellectual humans as mm-hmm. well as trying to sit down with a guitar and write music and be a part of that too i hear you i feel the same yeah and i and i find when when you do try to just take a break from it all and sit down and write music normal like normally subconsciously everything just comes out anyways and it's like such a it's such a release even when you don't necessarily mean to work through your shit you you just end up doing it through music and i i think that's important yeah i think yeah, well, it's kind of funny how, like, how, yeah, when you don't even, you don't even mean to sit down. I mean, I think a lot of what's happening now, at least from my, my, my viewpoint, is that everything has to do with this. Everything. Yeah. Like, all aspects of, you're finding out how it's all intertwined. Like, there's no separating of this and that. Like, it, it is, and, and how you're affected uh, and how you're perceiving, how you're processing what's going on in the world right now mm-hmm. is going to show up. It's going to manifest in your personal life somewhere right now. And that is a strange beauty of it. I, that's yeah. the strange beauty of it is that like, uh, we're not sweeping this under the rug. I mean, you, you can keep trying. Yeah. 
you know, like we can keep, you know, if you're really into drugs or alcohol or any type of addiction, then you can try and, and, you know, mask like it, mask yeah. it and go through that, but it will show up and manifest. Uh, and, and, you know, as you said, it's not comfortable. It's not a comfortable thing. And especially I know a lot of white people are really not comfortable right now. And it's, and it's like coincide ways, right on the internet and in personal lives. And they're, they want to assert, continue to assert their white dominance in like the, the, the social sphere. And when really it's, it continues to call the call to them and say, Hey, you know, like, let's just, let's listen, let's hear it out. Like, like, (laughs) cause I don't, you know, we don't have all the information we don't have. And we have like, and sadly, um, you know, the hardest thing I, I, I feel or I see happening is that, you know, when the, 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 con- the concept of like, we're all racist on some level, yeah. comes up, that's when everybody gets really uncomfortable, right? Like, oh, I know, not me. I have friends that are black. Right? I- yeah. No, but that's the thing. Like, we're, we're all racist. Like, you know, if you're a minority, you're also racist. We all have it in us. You know, it's just, you have to constantly dismantle it within yourself. You have to be aware of it. And it's not, I get how it's, I get how it's difficult. You know, nobody likes to feel like we're, we're in the wrong. We all think we're good people and we are, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, that's, that's what it is to be human. That's what Mm -hmm. it is to grow. We're constantly learning things from our surroundings that are either like useful or useless and you have to like pick them apart and hold yourself accountable. It's just, it's just a part of being human. Mm. Holding yourself accountable. Yeah. What a, what a novel idea. I know. It's, (laughs) it sucks. (laughs) But yeah. And I think that, Hey, okay. So part of it is that, a, a lot of folks aren't used to being held accountable or holding themselves fully accountable for their situation. And, and we're bumping up against that amidst yeah. all of this. Yeah. And, and then, and then, you know, like you said, we're, there's a lot of, you know, the, if we can allow ourselves to get quiet and mm-hmm. listen, not only to the voices that are, expressing the discontent and the in trying to outline uh their experience as human beings uh that it's not an equal experience it's not a it's not a fair experience that that across the board um that we're fine we're you know we're finding out how tough it is to sit uh in our own um situation where we're we're not always right and we don't have it we don't have an easy answer um to to make this go away exactly (laughs) we don't have that yeah that's the problem i mean i think it's easy to admit when you're wrong when you know how to fix it you know otherwise you're just like well fuck like it's terrifying (laughs) and so you rail against it and i think that's where we've been at for like a really long time because it's gonna take it's gonna take fuck sorry i swear a lot is that a terrible thing all the fucking much you want it's fine (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's gonna take decades it's i mean it already has to get to this point which is insane but it's gonna take more because it's it's not a little fix it's like a million huge ones you know Mm. 
but I mean, I, I think we'll get there, which is funny because I'm, I'm definitely a pessimist. And I mean, my motto is like, in the end, we all die. And that's like, it makes me feel good. <laughs> but <laughs> somehow I think we'll get there mm. as a group, as, as humanity, as a little, yeah, that's, I hope. Yeah, I, I hope for some sort of, you know, worldwide kind of peace treaty recognition, you know, something like that. Also, I think that's like a, it's a very fantastical, like wonderful dream. And, um, and I think the, the interesting thing is that I think that we're kind of mostly there without the media and the government's inciting violence. Yeah. Right. I think that's the funny thing. You, you've traveled the world plenty and like most of the places you go, yeah. like most people are going to greet you well, treat you well. Yeah. Inclusive, kind, wonderful right. people. Yeah. But the, the, the whatever the percent is, and it's a smaller percent of the world, yeah. isn't educated to that place or, mm. or was, wasn't shown, uh, you know, had, didn't have good examples on on how to encounter and work with diversity and people that don't look exactly like you you know um but i think that there's an element sadly i don't say sadly i I just think that there's a there'll always be some sort of tension that is in need of release right and so as much as like the utopian dream would, would be great. There's also, and, 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 and I think that we can get to a place of like vast wide acceptance while, while still having other challenges and tensions to release that kind of take the place. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there'll always be some uneducated folk though, you know, and it to, to their, not a lot of times, not to their like, not not because of their own doing necessarily yeah. right um and i think uh kind of what you pointed out too is like or what we we're talking about like when when we say like all of us are a, li- a little racist it's like uh, the part the problem there is not is people taking too much ownership over that in a little yeah. bit you know like you're like you're like you're saying that by my own volition <laughs> i am i am uh i don't believe that black people should have the same and it's not, it's not that I think that people get confused real quickly there that, um, no, look, this, the system has, you know, trained you from birth mm-hmm. to, to, to view these things differently and to, um, to treat people differently uh, based on fear tactics. And if, and that's the constant thing, like if we, if, if we're at odds, if the people can't unite, then they mm-hmm. won, period exactly that's the whole they, point yeah, yeah. like keeps us weak you know and so of course they're gonna want to keep us in our own little groups whatever they are like of course they are but i don't know i feel like this is this is gonna sound really dumb but all we need are a couple aliens you know because <laughs> then we'll all band together and just act like idiots towards the aliens, which isn't, which isn't a good fix, but it's, it's something. I know what you mean though. I, well, a, it would, there's a lot wrapped up in an alien 
like a true alien visitation, right? Like we would have a lot of religious folk uh, oh, yeah. having a hard time. <laughs> One side being like, kill them, kill them all. The other like, they're our friends. Yeah, no, that wouldn't solve anything. It would just be another mess. It's crazy. It's a crazy world. How has it been like growing? I mean, because you grew up in Vancouver. That's your home, right? Yeah. So, I mean, how how, how has your experience been there? Are you Do you feel mostly because it's Canada, West Coast, Northern, like, is, does it feel kind of insular, like a little insulated in a way, or has it been there? Have you felt the effects of racism in your own town and yeah. to, a, to a real negative degree? Um, I haven't personally, not here. I mean, it hasn't been, it hasn't been like outright sort of angry racism towards me there have been there have been ignorant people who mean well you know mm. and that's a form of racism but it's all like you just match that with sort of a teaching moment or kindness and it just goes away like vancouver is pretty pretty gentle in that way in to me to my experience but i have a lot of friends who would say something different you know like mm. I I personally am privileged growing up as I did and where I did and as like even as like a lighter skinned black person you get a different experience than like a darker skinned black person and like it's it's not and even the whole west coast east coast thing like I think the reason why like it hasn't been so intense here for black people. I mean, a lot of people are gonna say that it has, but for me is we don't really have that large of a community, you know? And people tend to get fearful and agitated when they feel a certain race is sort of surpassing them or like, you know, or like taking over, like people get really freaked out and it comes out in that sort of situation more often. So like on the East Coast in Toronto, Montreal, there's a large black population and there are definitely more problems because the two sides, which I don't think there should be sides, but there are sometimes are, are clashing. Whereas here, I'm just kind of like growing up, I was just a, like an interesting little tidbit, you know, like mm. who, yeah. So I, it's been, it's been all right for me. It's it has definitely not been all right for like the indigenous people here. That's like, they are the black people of Canada. Hmm. You know, if you think of it in the American way. Right. Yeah. I can Im only imagine. Yeah. It's like our native Americans here. I mean, well, it's the same people really, you know, these borders are yeah. just imaginary yeah. lines. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and I, well, I wonder, in, from you know in, from your viewpoint like what what do you see as uh some 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 first steps forward i know we have a lot there's a lot of suggestions and a lot of um you know uh, uh kind of ways to, to to there's a lot of um advice out there right now on how to be you know active or how you know how, how to greet this correctly so to speak um yeah. 
but from your, I just curious about hear about it from your perspective. Like what, what would, what would you like to see uh, going forward? You know, um, for, for Canada, I'd like to see us. I mean, we've, we've started on this path, but like us stepping up and admitting like our past of wrongdoings and all of that, when it comes to like the indigenous people of, Canada that would be a, a great first step um for for black people I guess I don't I don't know it's so weird here like I can I can say what I hope for Americans for sure but I like I don't really want to I'm not from there like it just seems a bit you know who am I to say anything um I just wish people would you know what I just want people to listen more. I think everything, like all world problems would be solved if people just like really took the time to listen more and to take it in and to sort of sit with whatever new information is coming at you and try desperately to see it from their point of view. Because I've done the same when it comes to like, like right wing people and even like racist people. Like I've tried to see it from their view and I like, I, I don't agree, I don't think it's right, but I, I can understand how they got there, you know? And if, if they just did the same, I think we'd actually be able to have a conversation that ends up like moving forward rather than just shouting at each other. And yeah, that's it. I, I guess just like a conversation. Mm. And then, I mean, obviously change hopefully, but I don't know. At this point, to be perfectly honest, I'm just fucking like tired. Mm. I'm tired. Like I'm tired of it. It's it's horrible. And even thinking of it, like I didn't think it would affect me this much because I'm here and it hasn't been that bad for me, but it it's it's sad seeing anyone go through anything horrific and like to watch the whole world sort of battling it out it's just i'm just fucking tired so like to be i don't know everything's kind of a mess in here i don't even really know what what would be the change or what i want to come from it obviously i want people to be like not murdered in the streets <laughs> right that would be great but <laughs> i don't know it's it's fucked. That's an acceptable answer, though, Che. I mean, like, look, I mean, this is the thing. This is we're having the conversation, you know, yeah. like, and, and, and uh, you know, I think listening to each other is is like the first step. I think you're right on point. And, I, and that's that's still for myself. I've had to just like realize that that's that if when in doubt, just listen. Yeah because because it's it's confusing it's confusing as as a lifelong advocate for 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 all people of color like mm -hmm. and i i you know feeling uh like not like just really waking up to it as a teenager and not understanding i lived in a small little 
podunk cowboy town and i'm here i was like one of the three or five kids that were actually into hip-hop and 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 had some sense of black culture through the tv screen and there was like three black people in our high school you know like Mm. um maybe four at one point you know i don't know but it was like and and to to kind of start waking up to that as a teen and then just going well that's dumb like i don't get it you know, it yeah. doesn't make sense. And yeah. and they're not teaching me in high school, like or in any school, like where it comes from, because it's all just like hush, hush, like, oh, well, yeah. this happened, this happened, now take a test on it. Exactly. This happened, take a test on it. Right, it happened, like it's over. Like, of course, like, uh, don't even get me started. No, I hear you. Well, th- that's the thing. It's presented in such a way that it's like, uh, yeah, it happened and there's nothing to do about it currently, except for take a test about it. Yeah, exactly. And, and that test is a weird part of the systemic underlying passive aggressive microaggression thing where it's like, okay, they're, they're training you to, to feel like, oh, this is history. You, ha- you don't have to do anything about this. Yeah. We're here now. And like, we should look back on the people that got us here with like, you know, golden rays, like, mm-hmm. oh, thank you, forefathers. Thank you, explorers. Thank you. Yes, there were some bad things happened, but we're here now. Go buy something at Costco. Yeah, it's like, exactly. what? <laughs> Wait. But my, but my heart still hurts from the atrocities that... Like, how that would I, you not think it wouldn't be a lasting sort of ache, pain, like wound, you know? Of course yeah. it happened and it's over, but it's not over because nothing was really... Nothing was really solved. It just, the, it just was like the absence of the extreme, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what what the shock and awe is a bit right now, I think is that there's so many, it's been, it's been ingrained, especially into the white folk uh, or anybody identifying in that realm that it's like, you know, racism was a long time ago. And like, you know, <laughs> it, it, at the, at worst, it was like in the sixties, you know, like we kind of got through that and, uh, and, and, and there's equal opportunities for everyone now. So like, why are we even talking about this? Blah, blah, blah. You know? And I'm like, and that's because we because it's never been actually dealt with and because it consistently is pushed in this subversive way mm-hmm. um so so you you take a test about a thing in school in re- reciting information that is glossing over the actuality of these events and so so time and time again it's like this programming oh no no like i took a test i i i took social studies i took history i know Mm-hmm. I know this stuff happened, mm-hmm. but we're here now. And it's like, yeah, yes, we are. And, and we're here now with um, a lot of built up uh, genetic trauma from yeah. hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was, I, I mentioned this in my, my last pod, but a, a friend of mine brought to my attention this, this amazing book um, called, uh, my grandmother's hands. Um, oh, who's are you the familiar? Author of that? Yeah, R- Resma, Resma Minikin. I'm probably butchering the name. I don't know. I feel hold, like. Go on. Hold on one second. I'm gonna grab it. I'll be right yeah. back.
So, um, yeah, Resma Menachem. This is uh, the book here. Mm. And it's, uh, the subtitle is uh, Racial, Racialized Trauma and the Pathway to Mending Our Hearts and Bodies. And I mean, I wanted to cry at the title. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm such a softie, and I will, uh, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the many ways that Dev and I connect is, you know, like the empathic conversations and the, conver- you know, um, tendencies we have, right? And um, I don't know, I, the, the way that, that, that this man puts uh, it in perspective is like he, 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 goes through a lot of the history says before and he puts it all into white bodies black bodies police bodies to to get the the verbiage in in a place that is for us to actually process this and know that that the trauma doesn't just live in the psyche uh of of the person that experienced it that we are now uh through uh advanced science knowing through epigenetics that trauma is passed down through dna wow i didn't know that that's a real science epigenetics. It's worth looking up. And um, one of the things that really is that I'm, I'm just, it's coming to light more and more as I get through this, I'm only about halfway through is, is, is the history part of learning the history lesson around, okay, before white bodies were inflicting pain and trauma on black bodies, mm-hmm. um, we had hundreds of years of practice of inflicting on other white bodies that we deemed that were lesser than in Europe, right? So there was, uh, all, like, before it was uh, black bodies, it was Irish bodies, and it was Scottish bodies. It was anything that was kind of, they wanted to paint as other yeah. uh, and a little less than human got yeah. the similar kind of oh they're beasts oh they're this you know and kind of like this this dehumanization mm-hmm. part of it and we 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 made all the you look at the 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 medieval times the dark age all yeah. these torture devices came out of this era and like peel, peeling people apart all these different things and so before we ever got to this land to start inflicting trauma on red bodies and black bodies and the whole story we were, we're already re- we were so good at doing it to ourselves, you know, you and garbage, man. Garbage. <laughs> Horrible beings. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. And, and so where, and he, he, one of the things that I'm, I'm learning about is clean pain and dirty pain. And mm-hmm. through this book and, and, and his, his verbiage, uh, and he, he explains uh, dirty pain as, um, when, when our trauma or our, uh, when we're in an uncomfortable place and then we, we blow that pain into another body, uh, like, like, uh, right. Uh, like we, we, we act out and we yeah. react. And so we're increasing our own personal pain, mm-hmm. um, ultimately and passing it on dirty pain. Right. And then the clean pain is when the uncomfortability comes up and we find some sort of ownership in it and we say, ah, this can end with me. Yeah. It's super, it's more uncomfortable up front and there's mm-hmm. deeper work that has to be done, but it ultimately brings us relief personally yeah. by confronting it. And I've just been sitting with that. I've been like on my walks with the dog, I'm listening to the book and the audiobook, and I read some at night. Um, 
and I, I, and I, it doesn't mean that I don't feel like I necessarily have answers, but I'm, I'm, I'm feel like I'm getting some context, you know, um, and also being be, like waking up to the trauma that still lives in my own body, like mm-hmm. from this lifetime, from my experiences as a child growing up and encountering uh, any, uh, a ton of different things along the way, but also just the the concept of like, wow, um, my how much trauma has my lineage even endured, you know, from its own uh, undoing, its own its own uh, aggression and an unchecked uh, scenario. I, you know, everybody needs a counselor. <laughs> everybody needs somebody to talk to and like work their way through it, right? But that's not really happening for most people. No, I mean, I mean, if we're gonna, the simple fact is nobody can afford a counselor, you know, like right. we're also in that position. Um, yeah, I hear you. Like we've all been through personal traumas even. Like I can think of growing up and like my issues with not having a dad and then putting all of that anger and pain and all of that into like my first few boyfriends, transferring it. Like that was definitely my like, my what was it called? Your dirty... Dirty pain. Yeah, dirty pain. And it does take a lot of undoing to make it, to realize that it's like, it's really just all within you and you have the power to, to stop it. It takes, it takes a lot out of you. So I can understand why this fight has taken so long, you know, it's a mm. much bigger fight, but I, I, I see the world kind of going into the, the sort of clean pain route. Like I, I see us starting on that path, at least some of us, a lot of us. Yeah. And is- I, th- yeah, I, th- I think it takes, it just takes a majority, yeah. you know, I think it, cause like, I don't think, we can clean it up, you know, like, it's like, you can't make everything uh, white and not black or everything black and not white. You can't, right. Because we need like, like literally we, this world, our existence thrives on diversity. It thrives on the, the, the polar opposites and all the different gray areas in between. Mm -hmm. It really, it depends on it. Like, uh, but when there's a majority when even if it's just fifty one percent, you know, then yeah, we're we're headed in a in a in a in a positive direction where we can have open dialogue. But I think we're, I mean, this is again, I don't know the actual numbers. I don't know if anybody ever could, but it would it would feel like to me my experience. And again, this is from a privileged white male living in North America that who's been pretty fucking lucky most of his life. Yeah. Um, but I I feel like it's got to be like 80 plus, 80 plus percent of people are good and mean well and are not actively uh, intentionally racist. No. You know, like I think it's 80 plus percent, maybe it's in the 90 percentile and it's, and, but you know, like it, it's, it's not been something, it's not normal. It hasn't been normalized up until recently to have these open dialogues. These open mm-hmm. conversations where it's like, hey, 
it's these are some could would you consider this about yourself have you looked at this about yourself gosh man you know maybe i haven't yeah um yeah well i I appreciate i appreciate the conversation with you um and you sharing you know your experience me too i obviously i'm like i this conversation not this one specifically but like the conversation about race and all of all of that is is draining and and just i don't know really really sort of stressful but i think it's important to sort of push through it and try try your best you know mm-hmm. i'm glad we're talking about it well if you don't mind i'll shift the conversation a little I would bit love to shift it <laughs> let's shift it yeah um one of the things that i i, I like uh well this podcast was kind of based off it was just like the is guitar picks <laughs> really uh, yeah players pick podcast uh, it's it's based off like i it was kind of like fun because i never heard anybody anybody else actually talk at any length about guitar picks yeah and, and so um i know you don't always use guitar picks but you use guitar picks sometimes I, right no so no? this is hilarious i mean i guess i guess i've been i thought you used them a little bit maybe I was nah. Okay. Nah. I mean, if I have to, if I'm like, this is when I use guitar picks. Um, when I play with Devin and he's like, don't you think that might sound good with a pick? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. And then I'll, I'll play it so softly that it's like, it's like nothing's happening. But I think it's just the fact that they amplify what, like what I'm most insecure about. They just, I, they stress me out. So I don't use them, but I think awesome. they're beautiful. <laughs> and I, I like this, I like this podcast idea. It's a jump off point, right? It's fun. It's, it was something fun to, uh, cause like I, I actually told a couple of, you know, pretty big name artists. I was like, Hey, like, come be like a guest on my guitar pick podcast. They're like, how long can I talk about guitar picks? I don't even think about guitar picks. <laughs> like, oh, it's just a place. I just want to know your history with your guitar picks, you know? And like, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a pick culture out there that like really wants to know what you're using, what you started out using, how'd you get to be using what you're using and why do you keep using it, you know, type of thing. And uh, so I'll ask you, like when you are asked asked to use guitar (laughs) picks, do you used to use like the picks that Dev uses or do you have something else laying around that you would prefer to use when you do have to use them? Um, Well, remember, um, okay, so you made a batch of casualties picks. Yeah. That. Mm -hmm. So like, those are the ones I use because they're here and they're great. They're like bigger. I don't know what they're called. They're thicker. <laughs> and if I can find them, I use them. Actually, this one pick, there is, okay, so the thumb picks, the thin ones, mm-hmm. I really like those. Those are, I can, I can get behind a thumb pick and like play it without being, being asked, I think. I lost it, so like I, I don't play with it anymore, but I did like that one. That's that's cool. That's uh, and those so those casualty picks are a Dunlop Tortex Triangle, point seventy three. Good to so, know. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of a medium gauge, uh, but yeah, Dev has always loved the triangle, so yeah. always keep making those for him. I just keep, and this is not original to say, but dropping them in the fucking hole. And it's just, it's super frustrating. So I just right. gave up. Yeah. That's okay. 
a lot of people. I actually have I have a, a relatively decent amount of people on the pod that don't use picks any, anyway. Cause really? I, yeah, but it's just like I'm always like, even though that's kind of like one of the the little tropes that I've uh, you know used uh, along the way. Really, it's uh, like a, I just want to have good conversations with good people, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's I'm a good like, icebreaker. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, with people that I know that are like going to be super you know, have something to say about it, you know, and just be like, oh, back in the day, like I started here, my dad or my uncle gave me this. And then, then I used these. And then I, then somebody, you know, there's all these interesting things. Like those are fun. We usually kind of get that out of the way up front. And then I try to like elicit some sort of life thing out of them or, you know, but uh, I just knew that you and I would just have a great conversation (laughs) regardless. And it would just be like, what's going on? Tell me, you know, catch me up. And then we'd move through whatever was going on for you but uh um i want to bring up this this strapping young lad cover okay yeah just because it's amazing Aww. yeah I'm, out. I'm so i'm so thankful that you <laughs> do something so cool i mean you always all your stuff is cool but that was like i just wasn't expecting it so it was really cool thanks i yeah i actually really liked it too surprising i actually i didn't mean to do that song there was a different one I had in mind. <laughs> and then I didn't, because there was all of this sort of pressure to get that other one done, I was just like, I don't want to do it. I'm just going to fuck around with this. And then I did. And I, you know, when you sort of get trapped in, in that whole, like, like hours pass and you're just obsessed with this one song that happened for a couple days. And I don't know, I, I really like how it, how it turned out. And I was like left to my own devices. Um, and usually I have someone helping me like mix and you know when I don't want to play guitar which is always I'm like maybe you play this part but like <laughs> there was nobody here and I just yeah I just there's something really nice about having a a cover song with like an unofficial release date where you don't think anybody's really going to listen and so you just you just do whatever it is you think sounds cool and then the fact that there's no pressure around it, I think makes it that much better. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you have a few more songs that you're going to finish for this EP and. Yeah. Um, I've got, I think I've got one or two originals that I've originals, man. It's hard to like, let them go, you know, (laughs) I'm just doing that. Um, and then I was going to do another, the actual Devin song that I was going to do. Um, and then I might just keep going just for fun, just release covers or originals like every couple weeks, just because, you know, mm. good practice. It's definitely good practice with like production, which I really am pretty passionate about. So, yeah. So you, you mentioned that like, this was the first, the, the, this recent Dev song, the strapping song was, um, maybe your first hand at like really mixing yourself is that yeah was that your full mix and yeah it is I guess I mean I've I've mixed other things but then I never feel confident enough to release them so I always like hand them over to someone else and I'm like you just redo it but I didn't do that with this one and I yeah I kind of like it I think it's yeah it came, came out great yeah I think you, it sounds like that you're kind of like at a place now where you've been, you've done enough and you've, uh, 
you, you kind of know what you want to hear better than mm-hmm. maybe you had in the past. And like, I know that feeling where you're like, oh, you know, I just want to want somebody else to like validate it a little bit, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> just take it off my hands. Yeah. Don't make me responsible for this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So if it's really good, you're like, great, my team is amazing. If you hate it, then like, hey, man, I, it wasn't all me, man. Like, you know, like, yeah, a little exactly. bit of that. No, it was nice to actually like, take a risk on this one i'm glad mm. i'm glad you liked it thanks I, I yeah well i'm a fan and i and, and, and the fact that you get to do this kind of looking back at dev and doing some of his material i don't know it's just like a cool thing to do because you guys have a great history together you know and it's actually it's really beautiful because i hadn't i i tend not to listen to the music of people that i i work with just because well, I well, I have my own little sort of niche like thing that I love over here and I like listen to that. But like I'm not really in the prog world or the metal world. Like I just I don't gravitate to that. So I'd never really heard any of his stuff mm-hmm. aside from Empath because I played it. Mm-hmm. Um and so this was a pretty cool exercise, like having all those songs to go through to just pick a cover. I was introduced to like a, a side of Devin that I just I never knew, you know? Yeah. More, he's more just like a friend that you work with. He was lovely, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it was pretty cool going through his whole, his whole catalog. I, I have my own experience in that way where uh, even though I was a fan of a bunch of his work when I first met him uh, as like a, as somebody to work with, like we kind of met for a second as me as a fan, as a younger person. And then, yeah. And then I didn't stay up with all of his material. And then like we met around the time when he was finishing Ghost and Deconstruction. And um, and like, he's so, he's such a fun, personable, friendly guy yeah. to hang out with. And then if you're in the good graces and you just, like, I, I just was, for, I'd forget all the time. Oh, I'm hanging out with Devin Townsend, the guy that like I previously had uh-huh. idolized in all these other ways. And yeah. then I'm hanging out and I'm like, Oh yeah, you're also the guy that slays on yeah, like the best like metal vocal like singer guy I could even ever ask for for in any lifetime. Like that's my opinion. And I'm like, I can listen to all these other people do this a similar thing, but then I hear Dev do it, and I'm like, Yeah, you win, dude. I don't know, <laughs> like you win. And and I've multiple times through the years, I'm just like, okay, well that's it's really interesting because I'll catch myself. Like kind of in a way where I'm in my own niche. I'm like, oh, but I just, it's Dev. Okay, cool. Like I'll, you know, we'll have this conversation and do the thing. And then, and then somebody, it usually is like in my feed, like somebody's like, anybody listen to this Devin Townsend or this strapping thing in a while? I'm like, oh no, I actually have it. Oh shit. That's, that's the, that's my friend. That's cool. You know, yeah. and I, I kind of, you know. Kind of nerd out a little bit. or like, Ner- Yeah, I, I get to nerd out and go backwards and then forwards. <laughs> and like, I'm like, oh, that's right. Because I, I remember the first, like the first time seeing him uh, with Vi on MTV, like eons ago, Headbangers Ball or something. And I was like, who is this weird guy that Vi has? Like, yeah, he's a goof, you know? I don't even understand what's going on here. Is that when he had the like shaved head everywhere, but at the top and it was like in a ponytail or like something? Like a little Hare Krishna type like yeah. ponytail thing back here. Yeah. Hairstyles. <laughs> it was super it was super uh, eccentric for even the metal 
crew, you know, in the in the late eighties and going into the nineties type of yeah. vibe at the time. But um that uh, good hair. Even as skullet. Oh the skullet. Because that was it's dig it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one thing that I could always say is like and I and I and I really I guess, you know, it's like maybe the the biggest kind of inspiration from Devin is that he has always been himself, just straight up yeah. himself. Like yeah. and I and I think above and beyond all the great creativity and like all the like all this great music that he has given the world. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's the greater gift. I think that's the greater gift is he's like, I, yeah, I could go do the thing with Nickelback. I could go write a big, I could bend to your, but I'm not gonna, I just can't exactly. do it. Not, not interested at the end of the day. I'm just going to do my thing and keep going. Yeah. I love that about him. I think that's why, I think that's why we get along so well, you know, because I feel like I do that just in life and it's hard to do because a lot of the time you're sort of like marching to your own beat <laughs> alone because your beat's so out there. Mm. Um, but I mean, if we were all this carbon copy of each other, like, like what fucking, how would that be interesting at all? So it's, I really respect him for doing that. Yeah. And taking chances, like, all of his albums, I've not all of them, but a lot of them are so vastly different from each other, you know? And I really respect that about music. I feel like if you do that, there's a chance of longevity because you're not, you don't get sick of yourself as quickly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point you bring up. I think that the, especially for those that are out there marching to their own their own beat, their own drum, their own, they're like, they're, they're carving out something could be, could be, you know, musically could be, uh, you know, uh, their own business model or whatever it is when you're doing something that is, there's not a, a, a clear model or example of, yeah. uh, it's, that's like, I, I have so much respect for that because you, 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 there's so many times where you're under the gun and you're feeling like, Oh, I should just quit. I should give oh. this up. Yeah. What nobody's listening, nobody cares, and I don't even know how to reach the people that I think that might be enjoying this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, it's like because because otherwise you could just drop what you're doing, and there's plenty of business models out there that you could copy that would you know most likely be successful. Yeah, the same right? life. Yeah, easily. But what mm-hmm. kind of what kind of then you have to live with yourself, you know? Yeah. Just, doing the thing that everybody else did for some folks i get it like that's fine it's like if they have a different attachment or a different connection to what they do but mm-hmm. usually the creative folks like yourself and dev like kind of have to like no nah, it's either i do it my way or i'm just like in a, i'm gonna go do something completely or different I'm out yeah yeah i'm exactly. out <laughs> it's, and it is it is like a daily struggle like should i just quit like this is hard and like sometimes painful you know because you're putting something out that is is essentially like your soul or your baby even if you don't like it which sometimes we don't like our souls at times Mm. it's yeah but it is like it is you like you just there's no 
there's no other alternative. And so I, I've heard Devin say a lot that like music for him is like a compulsion. And I can completely relate to that because if I had the ability to just stop doing it and not care and feel, feel good about just like having some like normal nine to five and being able to like consistently feed myself, I would, I would totally do that. But I like, I've tried and you like, you slowly die, you know? And so that's not really an option. So here I am. <laughs> yeah. I speak. He's also mentioned to me. I love that you bring that up because in addition to that kind of statement of a, it being a, a compulsion, like a cup, every once in a while we, we pick up the phone. He's like, how's things going? Are you writing buddy? Are you playing guitar? And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, like at different times I'm like, yeah, but not a lot right now or this or whatever. And, couple times he said he mentioned in different ways like he's like well isn't that if you don't have anything to say isn't that kind of a blessing you know like if you don't have if you're not feeling compelled yeah. to have to get yeah. he's like I know that it, it seems like everybody that's doing music and putting out music on a regular thing it, are the ones that are actually getting somewhere or doing something but like maybe we're the ones that are still cursed with having to having to do this yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I resonate with that <laughs> yeah well I, I will I'm curious um what what have you been listening to like maybe recently or what and, and if if you could share like maybe if there's any yeah. artist that you might think uh you know that we might benefit from hearing about um who have I been listening to okay well I'm not too sure the name of this band it's like is it like old crow medicine show? Where's my phone? One second. That sounds familiar. Old crow you know, medicine shows. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard of them. I've seen that a lot, which it's great. It's beautiful. It's um it's like bluegrass. Where is it? Yeah, old crow medicine show. But it is, yeah. yeah. It's an older album though. It's like this one album called let's see if I can find it. Um Where is it? Is it Big Iron Man? World. The Big, album. Yeah. Big Iron World? Yeah. It's Oh, I see it. So yeah. fucking good. Okay. I love it. And then I've also been listening to LP. And I'm like, <laughs> it's really, it's like poppy but powerful. And just like it like makes you want to clean your house. And like you have to clean your house because you can't leave the house. And so it's just been good for this. It's been real good for this. So the pop artist LP? Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I mean, I, she, um, she's a good friend of one of my favorite yoga teachers in LA. Really? And she practices, I mean, I'm not in LA now. I'm, I moved back home to North, North, uh, North California to Chico. Um, I moved like about a month ago, Whoa. but, uh, which is an interesting change all in itself. But I was just about uh, less than a mile from yoga works, Larchmont and yeah. LP practices at yoga works Larchmont all the time. She's like, no, we were like in class together next to each other a lot. What? Yeah. And, 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 uh, so, so, uh, Joe Cara, shout out to Joe Cara, one of my favorite yoga teachers in all of LA. Great dude. Even better beard. Like he's a great yeah. dude, but his beard like is epic. Uh, but LP and him are great friends and he and Joe works in, uh, worked at Capitol records for a long time and became a yoga yeah. teacher sideline. And it's kind of funny as I moved to LA and people were starting to 
get to know me, they're like, oh, you're in the music business and you do yoga and teach yoga. I'm like, you must love Joe Carr. I'm like, I don't know Joe Carr. But, <laughs> and so like, and like 10 different people were like, dude, you need to go hang out with Joe Carr. And I was like, okay, finally made it to his class. And I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I do love this dude. And, uh, <laughs> and um, we we're similar, but, but just adjacent. And, and with the first day I was there, he was like, hey, meet my friend LP. And I didn't know anything about her what the fuck yeah and then i was like and then i went home he's like you should look her up on spotify i'm like oh my god she's rad and huge like a huge like a huge oh, artist yeah. no she she's amazing her voice oh my what? god her voice is crazy crazy like i do, i mean am i the only one I, I can't be the only one that gets a little bit of stevie nick stevie nick's vibe from her i've never really considered her i mean i'm gonna listen with that in mind now yeah but what was like she different reminds, context different context. yeah definitely she like the way she uses her voice though at first when i first heard it i was like you kind of are a mix between gwen stefani and shakira which is weird like, i would never they're not both of those two people are not my favorite and like i feel like she surpasses them definitely mm. but just her like style and i thought she was honestly i thought she was like this like Spanish like ugh, like I it's crazy <laughs> to sort of listen to her music and then and then to read up on her she's so fucking cool like if I could be someone in this world mm. LP. Yeah. Ooh, bold statement I like it that's amazing she writes all her own stuff like I think she started out as a songwriter I think that's what it was for like for everyone sounds right a lot of it's, it, I'm glad to see that like actually uh, a significant amount of like behind the scenes songwriters have made it into the limelight. Like I mean, just uh, what's her what's her name? Um, the big Sia? one. Oh, is Sia one as well? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but uh, the <sighs> I don't know. Oh, it's like the, uh, <laughs> the 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 really big one that. Um, I'm having such a, a a brain aneurysm right now. Um, it doesn't uh, matter. You know, she did. She's a big, huge pop artist. Had the nose job. Um, she had a nose job. Blonde, but like it was in the. I can't. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna get murdered. Everybody is like watching this, going, <laughs> "It's her, dummy." Um, but uh, she was just in that that movie as the as the co lead. Uh, oh. Oh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. God, right. Jesus, like that's the worst. Hot. She was. She was. Uh. Yeah. I think she had a nose job back in the day. Like it was a little bit more pronounced, and she like took it in a little bit. But, um, I I I just remember when she was first breaking out that there was uh, uh quite a few little stories like spun around that how she had written a ton of music for other people. Yeah. And, and they were all all those songs were slang, and then it was like. <laughs> Somebody in her crew along the line said, oh, no, I think you should do these, this next yeah. batch of songs. Yeah. And she's like, nah, she kind of tried to get out of it, I think. And, but now here she is all these years later, like, super I like stuff. that. That's yeah. pretty cool. She yeah. seems to have a good heart and, like, mm -hmm. seems to be, you know, be on the right side of things. I don't know. Especially I don't know. Well. I don't yeah. know either. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, a, you tell me a story that's really fantastical these days. I'm like, yeah, probably, you know. It, like, I'll just, I'll hope that's true. <laughs> I, I hope it's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's also one of the interesting sides of, of, of 
you know, we're, we're faced with it again uh, here where, where can you separate art and the artists? You know, there's all these different stories. There's the Me Too movement where you're dealing with like people like Ryan Adams or you're dealing with people like yeah. Drake or any number of people where, where, where they're huge artists and they've got a huge body of music and they're so popular that people will continue to support the thing because in bypass like the things that they've done which on one level i'm like can you bypass that like these people are are messaging young girls and like trying to get to elicit this response or or is it okay to let a couple of these artists suffer from the thing that they've done you know i mean like unless they're like, doing it, you know yeah i feel like well for me personally i understand like you're gonna you're gonna like good music or good films you're gonna like there's no, there's nothing wrong with that like obviously you're gonna love it if it's good but your money like giving over your money to anything sort of like what am I trying to say it's like you're basically making it acceptable that's you that's how you're voting you know and and does that make sense like yeah if I buy I love Ryan Adams's music I do Same. it's absolutely amazing but Am I, am I gonna buy an album from him now that I know what I know? Probably not, because it basically means like, oh, I can just, I can look past that. Here's like 20 bucks and I just, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Like Woody Allen movies, like he makes great films, but yep. I, I can't support that either. So I guess I'm just gonna miss out on a couple movies. Like, I think it's more important to show people what you'll accept, you know? Yeah. yeah i think i think it well and uh, and then there's this I'm, I'm with you on all that i mean i love ryan adams music and i, I did the love as hell eps fuck everything that's such so, there's so many good songs on that and and, and throughout his catalog it's, he's he's stupid but yeah ever since the information i'm kind of like all right man i get I, i'm just I just, I'm just not doing that anymore, you know, like, and I'm, and, and there's like a little silent prayer. I'm like, dude, figure yourself out. Like, mm -hmm. please, like you, and this is the thing that where I guess like I, the empathic side of me wants to say, yeah, yeah, I'm not giving you my money, but I, but I don't want to, I don't want to cancel you. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't believe in, in ruining your life necessarily mm -hmm. if it's, if it's a forgivable yeah that you can do time you know what i mean like and and yeah. even when somebody does something that's beyond my forgivability mm -hmm. or whatever i also i still think i'm like okay these are the people that need uh a, a, a lot a big dose of love and compassion and understanding to try to bring them to pull them over to this to to the middle towards yeah. back, back towards sanity mm -hmm. um and i guess the same could be said in our political landscape you know, it's like, I see, I, go ahead. I agree. I feel like there is sort of a, there's a step in between those two, you know, like when you think about, like, for example, when you think about like alcoholism, like before, usually before you do anything about it, you have to hit rock bottom. You have to sort of feel that sort of desolate, like landscape and everything, you know, and that sort of, that, inspires you to to want to change and to look at yourself like usually you have to hit that rock bottom so i feel like um i feel like 
what's what's the word prematurely giving that sort of like forgiveness too soon almost it it doesn't allow them to hit that spot of of self-reflection or being like oh what i did is really bad because here's here's the result you know like Mm. yeah yeah i feel i mean i guess that just means that you basic like they basically need to admit fault and usually before you admit fault you're like you're shown by the world that what you've done was unacceptable and horrible you know or otherwise you just keep lying to yourself and am i making sense i'm rambling no no you're actually 100% on and i will say that that is a beautiful uh, addition to this this conversation because i do believe that if if you're to 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 kind of like reconcile or and and, and make a change in your life that you need to feel the weight of your actions and your effect on others like and that's why it's so important to have community because the community can self-police to a a, a pretty high degree yeah you know the village used to be the police you know like uh, uh, throughout the ages like and there are still lots of stories of like indigenous uh villages and 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 groups that are together that, that that's how they they mm-hmm. inflict kind of punishment on on people is they all come together and go, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, like you don't get you don't get to treat us that way. Yeah, you need to go think about what you've done, exactly. you know, and then and and pull them back towards center through through an, a bit of shame, through a bit of like, hey, like you you know you've let us down, yeah. but 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 it's all the foundation is love. The foundation is caring for the person. Totally and like, hey, look, you know, like this is where we're at. And we can't have you acting in this way and be a functional. We, we accept that you've done this, that this part of who you are, but you know, and, and that's, it's a delicate balance and it's, and it's because there's a lot of emotions on both sides and, and, and the easy out that I see, especially in the political sphere now is like, Oh, if you're, uh, you know, if you're still supporting Trump or these politics, then unfriend me now, you know, like get out. And, sure the surface level me can go okay i get it you you know you're entitled to uh your own how you want to curate your feed and curate your life right like but but that's an easy out and that means that's telling me how like how shallow you kind of are uh, you know to a degree because it means that you're you're only interested in your own echo chamber yeah you know and and that's not that's comfortable that's not uncomfortable that that's that's moving away from growth versus going okay i grew up with these people we have difference of opinion and if i were if i were to to listen see this the, the leftist have to listen to to the yeah. right people like and it's got to happen and I, I think that that's one of the the travesties in this is that like the liberals really think so they, they feel so emboldened and like we're right I don't have to listen to your rhetoric rhetoric and you don't, but if we're going to move through this, then we're going to have a conversation and you do. Yeah. Yeah. You got to listen. And and I think hearing, hearing somebody's pain through that, like, because you can put it together, you know, say, Oh, well, I, I believe this way. I'm in, I am in this realm because you can, you can kind of put it together and then, then, 
hopefully have a, a real conversation that moves each other forward. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I, I feel the same way. I mean, I get, I get people who, who do like oh, unfriend because it can be really, it can be really intense and like Facebook and Instagram and all like the social media things like that is not real life. You know, that's just right. a feed on your computer. You can't like when you're having real conversations with humans in the same room, people you know, or acquaintances, like obviously you can't just like hide them from your like life feed. Right. So I feel like that's where the real change can come from. Like, yeah, this is just like, it is an echo chamber. It is. I, I mean, I, yeah, I've definitely deleted people who just post like pro Trump things over and over again, because like, for me, social media is about entertainment because it's bullshit and it's not real life, you know, but That's when fair. I'm face to face with somebody who's, who has a, a different opinion and we're having a conversation, like I try my best to listen and I, and I try my best to explain myself, which is very difficult for me. It just is. Um, but I think, I think that's, I think that's where change will come. That's what change will come from. That, mm. You know? Yeah. I think that's fair. And I think, I think that doesn't mean my, my stance isn't saying to leave all those people in your feed and just take it, you know, yeah. like that. I think you definitely have to be discerning and there is, I mean, I, I've, I've, parted ways with plenty of people in the social sphere as well, because it's a distraction from um, doing work with people that where, where there can actually be something resolved, you yeah. know, and I don't, I don't, not that every person in my feed, I feel like I can work anything out with or resolve anything with them or even um, change their mind at all. But I, if I'm, living the life that I aspire to live, then, yeah. and I'm sharing bits and pieces of that, then hopefully they see a little bit of it. Yeah. Hopefully that, that inspires them to even, not even necessarily change, but just ask better questions. I totally you know? agree. With that. You yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and especially it's the people that like friends and family that have kind of been around a long time that kind of you, now when this stuff up and it, that you start to see and oh they're taking sides and i got a couple of family members that are just like i can't say anything without them thinking that i'm attacking them you know yeah. and and i have to have all these back room conversations like look i'm not attacking you mm -hmm. this is just how i see it if you want to have a conversation with me super down to have the conversation but you don't get to come on my page and then yeah. try to play everybody and then be upset when all my friends come and slay you, you know, yeah. like, it's like, yeah. you don't get, it's not, you know, either you're civil and like, you want to find, find a middle path with people or you're just mad and that's okay. You can be mad, but go mm -hmm. do that on your own thing. And then, you know, like there's oh a, my God. everybody has to moderate their, their friends and the conversation the way they see fit and oh, man, pick your battles, I guess. You know. I, I hear you that it almost makes you not want to post anything political, but that you can't, you can't do that. That's, you know, right. The silence is violence. It's just, it is as simple as that. It is. It's such a, like, I feel super lame saying it because it rhymes. And I just not, <laughs> but like, it's true. And sometimes you have to have some very frustrating, awkward conversations with people 
Well, I would, I would, I would shift that statement, the silence is violence thing, and I would, and and, and give it. A, um, I would say it depends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Let's let's. But I'll just say a lot of motherfuckers out there shouldn't be saying fucking shit about <laughs> shit because they don't know shit about shit. So <laughs> them speaking up isn't necessarily adding to. The I conversation. agree. I agree. So, they can be quiet yeah. for a little bit yeah. <laughs> back on that listening train until they actually have like substance and like, you know, no, that's not going to sort of statement. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No, correct. Exactly. Right. So, and I think that's why like step one, everybody that doesn't have like a direct, like there is like, I think we just all need to listen. Like st- stop. Step one is listening. And that is silence for a little bit. And your, your silence might be longer than the next person's or shorter than the next person's until you actually have a place to step up and say something. And even if you've waited a year and a half and studied and wrote, read all the books and listened to all the lectures and all the stuff, and then you finally have something to say and it comes out wrong and somebody corrects you, mm-hmm. no problem. Hey, you're, we're still learning. Like you're, you're not supposed that's to know. Yeah. That because that's, you're now actively engaging in the conversation yeah. And, but you, but you can't, that, I don't say you can't, but like, you can't expect the, just because you read all the stuff and you think you formed an opinion that you're going to be right when you say it or, yeah. you know, it's fine to be wrong. It's, it's okay. Like I'm wrong all the time. I'm wrong. Like 90% of the time. I think if you <laughs> expect that you're wrong, life is a bit easier. You know, it's a lot was, of learning to do. I think, uh, I love a quote, um, I think it's Alan Watts, that he says, uh, when, when you admit, I don't know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, uh, admitting, when you admit you're wrong, you're sure to be right. Yeah, yeah. You're sure, to, you're sure to be right, because you're like, in admitting that, you're like, okay, like, I don't know. And, and in that, in that you're, you're, you're automatically in the right, and you can, then you can, just take one the, the next positive step forward from that okay well i was wrong like how how did that happen and where and where does that leave me that's the thing yeah i feel like um maybe this comes from childhood for all of us but like in our society it is not okay to say i don't know so we're reaching and reaching mm. and reaching for like you know and half of the time we don't even believe our own bullshit you know we're, we're expected to be confident build the space and know everything. And it's just- What a burden. It's a fucking burden. I don't know what's going on basically ever, you know? And yeah, yeah, I don't think any of us really do. I think you hit it right there. I mean, that's like one of the main, well, because we're, you know, like yeah from early age we're we're, we we, if we you're shamed for not being right or not having the right information and so you learn to try and be sure of something and then when you when you kind of step up and or you have to be sure even if it's not right you just like if you say it with authority then everybody's like oh well then i feels like i'm right and i win this little round uh and that sends a whole bunch a whole slew of false like things through our system posturing. and yeah just, yeah po- posturing and trying to be right versus you know just seeking to understand like can we can we understand what the situation is first and 
and be willing to be like, just say, I, you know, I, I don't know. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. And so maybe we, I'll either work with you to find what the right answer is, or I'll just be uncomfortable not knowing. And that's, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you don't know, at least you're open. Right. Yeah. Then there's, there's something to work with. Uh, there's nothing. And that's the, one of the things that, uh, I think that the conversations that we're having, the open conversations that that we get to have every once in a while around all the big subjects that are happening right now, is those conversations sh- hopefully are are, are disarming um, the the folks that feel very full of knowledge and very full and uh, and like very sure that of their rightness mm-hmm. in the subjects. Hopefully, the 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 skilled conversationalists. That hopefully that I would hope that you and I are, you know, labeled as <laughs> will, will, will help, you know, at some point, but through our, our example of, of being, it's not necessarily that we're the best conversationalists ever, but the, our openness mm-hmm. and willingness to have conversation is an interesting example. Then they're set that dis, you know, disarms some of the sureness of others that are like, no, I'm really sure. Are you? I, I, cause I'm not, I just want to yeah. be clear that I'm not, I'm not sure, but I'm willing to have the conversation. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, if you let down your armor, it inspires others around you to like gently, slowly let down theirs. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're so sweet. You're so awesome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs>